Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. On today's show, we're going to talk about how to study the Bible, who wrote it, where to start, how to interpret it, all that. But first, here's Alicia Keys with Little Drummer Girl. To me, it seemed like Christmas is lost. Because it's not about celebrating anymore. It's just about giving to receive. about the little drummer boy, or the little drummer girl in my case, I guess, is that all this shorty had was her drum, that's it, and through her drum she gave Jesus her soul, and there ain't no amount of riches that could ever amount to that. Tell me. 
that was Alicia Keys with Little Drummer Girl right here on Macchiato's Music in the Scriptures. What's happening, family? That's my Kurt Franklin impression. Thank you for tuning in once again to another podcast episode. Today we're going to talk about how to study the Bible. I only get 30 minutes, so you know what I like to do. I like to jump right into it. I want to thank everybody who's been listening, who's been following me. You know we're coming up on a one-year anniversary since I've been doing this podcast, which will be January the 1st. One year already. I think this is episode number 20. I believe we have over a thousand downloads and I want to thank everybody. Please, before I get started, share this podcast, share it with your friends, with your family, all that good stuff. Spread the word. We want to make this podcast the number one podcast in the country. Yeah, that's right. We want to make a Bible study podcast the number one podcast in the country. And I believe that we can do it. So, how to study the Bible. That's what we want to do. Well, how to study and turn this music down just a little bit. How to study the Bible. I'll be, you know, reading a lot of statuses and looking at a lot of different things. And a lot of people simply don't know where to start. A lot of people don't know how to study. A lot of people think that you have to be a pastor in order to understand the Bible and all that, which is not true. So today we're going to go a little deep, but we're not going to go that deep. Uh, I'm still going to do it on the level of your comprehension. But just follow me so if you got them whatever you take a notes on be ready to take notes and once this podcast is over doing your own private reading time apply these principles so number one how to study the bible first thing you want to know is who's writing who's writing so if you're reading a book in the bible who, who wrote it who wrote the book that's the first thing we need to know. Second thing we need to know is, who are they writing to? Who wrote it? And then once we find out who wrote it, who were they writing to? Number three, what were they writing to them about? Okay, so the three things, and I'm gonna try to go as slow, slow fast as I possibly can, but who wrote who wrote that particular book? There's 60... <clears throat> There are 66 books in the Bible. Okay, so who wrote it? Each book, out of all 66 books, who wrote each book? So first, who wrote it? Second, who's they write? Who are they writing to? And what are they writing about? Number two, there are 13 epistles, and we're gonna go over that. There are 13 epistles. The word epistles just simply means letters that the Apostle Paul wrote. Now, when you're reading these 13 epistles, what you want to understand is that these are letters. When you write a letter, do you write a letter in chapters? No, you don't. Chapters was, were inserted uh, by the translators so it can help us, you know, to better understand it. But as you're reading the 13 epistles or the 13 letters that Paul wrote, if you would take the chapters out and just continuously keep reading, it'll give you an understanding and an interpretation of what he's actually talking about. Okay, so I maybe jump a little ahead of myself, but that's all right. So again, write it down. Who wrote the book that you read? Now, the 66 books in the Bible, who wrote it? Who wrote one book? Who wrote each book? Who are they writing to? And what are they writing about? Number three, the Old Testament 
was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek. That's important to know. But one thing about it is you don't have to take a Hebrew or Greek class unless you just want to. I'm going to show you and point you to some resources that you can use to help you to study. So you say you want to study, right? So I'm going to help you. You know, not everybody, everybody may have their own way of studying, but what I'm giving you, it's not a particular formula per se. This is just how I study. This is how I get an understanding of the scriptures. So one thing also, too, about reading the Bible is that uh, you hear a lot of people say, well, you know, I read the Bible, but I just don't understand it. The reason why they don't understand is because of the things that we just talked about. Just that briefly. They don't know who wrote it. They don't know who they who they who they talking to and what they're talking to them about. They just know they say read the Bible, so I'm just gonna open it up. But you know one thing about the Bible, it's a coded book. You know, you can really only only understand it once you give your life to Christ. Once you give your surrender your life to the Lord and then you open up the Bible, then it's like, wow, this has been here all these years. Yeah, it's been this whole time. The whole time you've been putting money in it, birth certificates to kids. Uh, diploma papers, <laughs> you know, so everything in there, but you didn't know the whole time that this Bible had the answer to every problem that you've been facing in life for the last five years. So, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. Now, a resource I can point to you for that is you can get a uh, Greek and Hebrew dictionary concordance, okay, and one of those brands or one of the uh, persons who, uh, Concordance I recommend is called Strong's, like Strength Strong's, S-T-R-O-N-G-S, Strong's, uh, Hebrew and Dictionary Concordance. So what it's going to do is, is that, and you can go to any family Christian bookstore, you can go to um, any Christian bookstore, or you can go to even to a Barnes & Noble, or probably a library may even have it, but you'll get that particular concordance, right? As you're reading in the Old Testament, let's say you come, uh, come across a word, uh, for instance, they come across a word that says, um, uh, what could I use? Swim. Let's say you come, ac come across the word swim in the Old Testament. Now the Old Testament, keep in mind, was written in Hebrew. So the swim, now in our English mind, we think swim like, oh yeah, you're swimming in the water, you know? but. That could be what it means, could not mean what it, what it means. So we need to find out what swim means in the Old Testament. And in that particular dictionary, what you can do is you look up the word swim, it'll have a number next to it. You'll flip to the back of the book, look up that number, and it'll give you what that word swim means specifically in that particular passage in Hebrew, okay? Now, if I go to the word swim in the New Testament, it might mean something totally different. You understand what I'm saying? So that's just an idea. For instance, I remember when I first started reading the Bible years ago, and I remember in the New Testament, I came across the word conversation. You know, like like on the phone, like having a conversation on the phone. And that's not even what conversation was interpreted as. So I was reading like, yeah, it says, you know what I'm saying, uh, watch your conversation and all that. Now, you do need to watch what you're saying, but in that particular passage I was talking about, the word conversation was translated lifestyle. So see, you know what I'm saying? Like you can read a word and think it might mean something that how we've interpreted it, but it wasn't interpreted that way. And that's how you can get a clear understanding of what you're reading. 
Okay, so like the book of Luke, that's obvious who wrote that. Luke did. Okay, so let, let's go to something. Let me, I'm all over the place here. So if I'm going too fast, I apologize. But hey, this is a recorded podcast, so you can rewind it. Say, what do you say? Just go ahead and rewind me back and then pick up where we left off. So this is how I'm going to break it down for you. As far as the whole Bible, all 66 books. Here we go. Listen to me. The Old Testament. Let's start with that. You have the books of the law, which are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Also known as the Torah. Okay, those are the first five books of the Bible. Those first five books were written by Moses. Okay. You have the history books, which are Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Those are the history books. Next, you have the poetry and wisdom books, which are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. Next, you have the major prophets, which are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. You have the books of the minor prophets, which are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Those are all the Old Testament books I just read you. And I broke them all down in categories for you. Remember, you can pause me and rewind me, okay? So, New Testament, here we go. We got the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Next, we have history book, which is the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. The book of Acts basically is showing you the beginning of the church. It's a history book, so it's showing you how the church started. And that is the only book out of the entire Bible that is not finished. The book of Acts is an unfinished book. You know why? Because me and you are finishing the book of Acts. The book of Acts is just showing you the beginning of the church. The church isn't over. You know what I'm saying? I know you heard Jay-Z say life begins when the church ends, but he don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The church is here to stay. Praise the Lord. So book of Acts is a history book. It's the only book of the Bible that is unfinished. Next, you have the letters of Paul. That's what we were talking about earlier about um, the 13 epistles. So you have the Apostle Paul. The 13 epistles or the 13 letters are Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. I'm sorry. Yeah, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Then you have what's called the general letters. You have the book of Hebrews, book of James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Jude. And then you have the last book of the Bible, which we all know. We put an S on it, though. But it's the book of Revelation. You know, we've been saying the book of Revelations. But it's the book of Revelation. That's a prophecy book. That's the book, you know... It's the end of all things, eschatology, the end of all. So the book of Revelation is going to show you how this thing is going to end. Okay. 
So you might be saying, Brother Martinez, how do you know? How you know that God gave us that? A man wrote that book. All right. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter. I'm sorry, 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at verse 21. So you are right in some sense. A man did write it. Or men did write it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21. It says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So this Bible didn't come because a man was sitting down sleeping one day and he said, you know what? I'm going to write a whole book on how we should live our life. Uh-uh. It didn't come by the will of man, it says, but by holy men spake. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So God is the author of his own book, quite honestly. But he used men to write down what he wanted us to know. All right. And you might be saying, well, I don't believe that. Hey, still don't change it. Second Timothy chapter three. You can't prove I'm wrong. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Everything in the word of God is true. You live it out. You're going to get the results to say you're going to get. He told you what's going to happen and it happens. The Bible is fulfilling itself. So, you know, you want me to follow, you know what I'm saying, what your philosophy and what, what you think is right. But, you know what I'm saying, you know what? Our little philosophies and all that stuff is good, but you got to keep in mind, you're going to die one day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and you can die with that philosophy, but empty with no eternal life. And here God in his word is telling us that he provided us eternal life in his son, Jesus. You know that we're all going to transition from this earth. So you need to make a reservation through Jesus Christ. He's the, the only person that you go through. The Bible says there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. So... Let's not focus on what color he was, if his birthday was really on December 25th, which no, it wasn't. You know, all that type of, all that's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the saving of your soul. You, what you need to know most importantly is what did Jesus do? Not so much what his color was, what size shoe did he wear? Did he wear a large, medium, or extra large shirt? Hey man, stop all that. You're distracting yourself from the, from the real truth. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture, how much scripture? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Wow. Let's read that in another translation. Let's look at the New Living Translation. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So we read in those, in those two books that, number one, the Bible is written by holy men of God as the spirit of God gave them words to write. 
second, we know that all scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for us. The Bible was given to us to show us how to live. I heard one pastor said the Bible is a manual for high performance living. You want to live right? You want to live a peaceful life? Follow the instructions. Okay. Now, as far as the authors who all wrote the Bible, all the different books and all that stuff. The Bible is written that has at least between 35 and 40 different authors. Okay, 35, I believe, are actually mentioned. And then there are some other books in the Bible where you don't know who wrote it because their name is not being mentioned in it. But you do know God inspired it. See what I'm saying? So don't focus on the, oh, but what about the five that we don't know? Hey, God wrote it, bro. That's all you need to know. Now, who wrote it? I don't know. Might not find out till we all get to heaven. But all I know is some good stuff in, in there. And if you do it, it'll bless you. Okay, so we have between 35 to 40 different authors. Okay. One thing about it is they were wrote in, each book was wrote in different times and different places to different groups of people. But yet, they don't contradict each other. So that's how you know that God wrote it. These men were writing this at different times. Some of them, a lot of them didn't know each other. They were just writing as God told them to write. Okay. So know that the Bible is true. It's written for you. You draw closer to God by reading it. There's nothing, there is no contradiction in the Bible. Everything that it says is going to happen. And you'll be blessed. And we can go a lot deeper, but I'm trying to keep things on a surface, you know what I'm saying, where I'm not trying to go too deep. So right after I play Kirk Franklin, there is no crystals without you. We're going to dig into it some more. Let's listen to Kirk Franklin. Merry Christmas, Terry. Merry Christmas, Mother. Merry Christmas, Terry. Merry Christmas, Terry. Merry Christmas, Yolanda. Merry Christmas, bro. Merry Christmas, Kirk. It's time. It's time again for the holidays. With pain and sorrow miles away. But in my spirit I gotta say There's no Christmas without you With caroling and mistletoe Children playing in the snow But in their hearts the world must know There's no Christmas without you Your gift? Your gift of love Yeah Such a sad So with our voice, so with our voices lifted high, Hallelujah. and praises reaches to the sky. Jesus, sure, Jesus, sure, the reason why there's no Christmas without you. Yo, David, can we say that part again? Let's say that again. There's, there's no Christmas without you. Now let's see. I need to make out a Christmas list. Who should we put on that? Vicky? Claude, Monica, Neely, Troy, Carry On, Uncle Jesse, who else? Little David, Tim, who else? 
Jesus' birthday. Tammy, I can't forget Tammy. But it's Jesus' birthday. Happy birthday, Jesus. We love you. Let's say it again. Your gift. Your gift of love. Such a sacrifice. Such a sacrifice to Sent from above. Sent from With our voices. So with our voices lifted high and praise and praises reaches to the sky. Jesus, your Jesus, your the reason why there's no Christmas without you. David, can we say that part one time? I say there is. There's no What's his name? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Let's say that again. There is no. There is no. Christmas time. Without you. Without you. What's his name? Jesus. Yeah. You better act like you know it here. Come on, family. Let's say it again. There is no. That was Kurt Franklin and the family with There Is No Christmas Without You. Now, that's a classic right there. You talk about one of the top five Christmas albums of all time. I'm telling you, that's probably that's in my top five. Kurt Franklin, Christmas album. Kurt Franklin and the family Christmas album is in my top five Christmas album of all time. If you don't have it, go get it. All right, we got, what, five more minutes? Five, yeah, five more minutes. I want to give you an example. I want to show you an example um, of how to look at scripture and how to get an interpretation of the scripture. One thing you need to know is that a scripture, the scripture is going to interpret itself. So you don't need a, a great big theologian or somebody to help you interpret scripture. Now you'll run into some hard stuff, but that's when you pray. And, you know, continue to study. You can even ask. You know what I'm saying? You may have brothers and sisters in the faith and y'all just go at it together see God and keep reading the interpretation gonna come out of it so I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 I'm gonna look at an example now this is an epistle remember we went over this is an epistle or a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church now I'm gonna show an example how you can misinterpret a scripture by not continuing to read Sometimes we can read a passage, get excited, and then go out and start saying it and telling other people. But then we, we left lost like, well, you know, I really don't know. So I'm going to show you that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to go right here to verse 9. 
All right, very, this is a familiar passage that a lot of people know. Some people don't, but some people do. 2 Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's music. Let me just get my music together. It's like it's too loud. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, if we read that verse, we all get excited. We'll tell everybody, say, man, you know, the Bible says, you know, your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard. Neither have we entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us. So we don't even know those things yet that God has prepared for us. And we'll go out and we'll start telling people that. But you didn't read verse 10. So now, like I said, it's a letter. When you write a letter, you don't write letters and chapters and verses. Remember, it's one big letter. So let's read it again. We're going to read down into verse 10. Verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But, uh-oh, but God has, past tense, revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And we can continue to read, but you can read it on your own time, but I just want to go over those two verses. So you see how he said, I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has entered to the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them to love him. And then he says, but God has revealed them. You know, those things that he just said, I couldn't see, your ear hasn't heard. He said, oh, I have revealed them uh, to you by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost has that information that you, your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard, but it's in you. That's the revelation. The revelation is, is that all the stuff that you're seeking after, all the stuff, your gifts, qualities and talents, all those things, things that your eyes, your, all that stuff is in you already. But now you have to pray so that the Holy Ghost can draw it out. But it's been in you the whole time. You've been thinking that, you know, well, I hasn't seen that ear and heard nothing. You know, we really don't know what the Lord, you know, wants and have planned for our lives. Oh, but he has revealed it. You just need to spend time in prayer and let the Spirit of God reveal it to you. See what I'm saying? So that's just a quick example. I'm already over my time. I'm over past 30 minutes. So y'all know, man, I love you all. I thank everybody for always tuning in and supporting this podcast. Please share this podcast with as many people as you know. You can follow me on Instagram at mbills314. Twitter, the same thing, mbills314. And Snapchat, mbills314. Uh, you can get at me on Facebook at Martinez Billingsley. I love y'all. God bless you. Remember Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Let God be true and every man be a liar. I'm out.